Hello and welcome to another Guildhall School podcast. Uh, today I'm here with some of the cast of Britain's A Midsummer Night's Dream, which is our spring opera this term. Uh, it's directed by Martin Lloyd-Evans and conducted by our head of opera, Dominic Wheeler, with design by Ruri Murchison and lighting design by Mark Jonathan. I'm very pleased to be joined by six of our glorious cast members today. I'm really pleased to welcome Irina Hoogveld, Sam Carl, Madsen Anoa, William Sharma, Colin Shea and Christian Vallet. So thanks for joining me, guys. Hi. Hi. For listeners who might not be familiar with the story, can you guys give us a bit of an intro to Midsummer Night's Dream? And How long's the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> a, a potted <laughs> intro. Uh, yeah. How, how, does it all, how does the action start? If someone's uh, coming we to start with Oberon and Titania, who are fighting over an Indian boy who has been stolen from his mortal parents. Oberon wants him as one of his henchmen, and Titania wants him for... Herself. <laughs> her own purposes. Titania wants him for her own purposes. <laughs> and... Um, that launches the universe into a terrible disarray. We then meet some lovers who are in love with the wrong people. I, I'm a plain Oberon, so I am deciding to take control of the situation, and I want to make sure that the right people fall in love with the right people, but then Puck <laughs> just messes it all up, and in a very confusing twist, the lovers fall into fall in love with the wrong people. Does anyone else want to chime in here? Well, it sounds like a nice kind of small scale micro drama kind of absolutely like, like a standy yeah. drama. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. thriller emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and who? So who are you all playing? Can you give us a, an intro into into your characters and how how they fit in? In the voice of your character. <laughs> well, my character has many different voices. Um, so I'm playing Puck, and I am sort of at Colin Oberon's beckoning call um, and as he quite rightly says I, I sort of get things wrong I get things muddled up and I put the wrong lover with the wrong person and it goes kind of downhill from there Is that on purpose? or? Well, you'll have to come and watch and find out That's the only thing And then Oberon sort of has to has to come and set things straight himself and make sure everything's done properly and I think I feel the full force of that problem well, I'm, I'm Irene, and I play one of the fairies, one of the solo fairies, by the name of Mustard Seed. Um, and in this production, the fairies are a little bit geared towards Titania and uh, making sure that she's happy. And um, one thing to note might be that in this production, we fairies are not the sweet, loving kind with pink tutus and glitter. <laughs> um, we, um, we are made to be uh, the protectors of the universe and the protectors of Titania and also Oberon. So we run across the stage making sure that everything goes well and um, we take care of Bottom uh, when, he is, uh, when he encounters Titania. So that's what we do. Pretty good job. <laughs> we do. Important, yeah. <laughs> well, if I say so myself. <laughs> I'm uh, playing bottom on uh, the f uh, first night and the third night, um, and I'm playing Theseus on the second night and the fourth night. Your name's Sam. And my name's Sam. <laughs> um, <laughs> and what to say? Bottom uh, is a great he's, guy. He's, he's part of the mechanicals, the, the rustics, and you know they're putting together a play. 
Yeah. And, but then Bottom runs off and he gets ensnared. turned, ensnared and turned into an ass. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> yes, nice. uh, and then he, he ends up having this kind of strange encounter with Titania and thinks later on that it must have been a dream, um, but it actually did happen to him. And he or did it? Yes. Yeah, I mean, the, well, the whole show is is there's lots of falling asleep and what happens when you dream, and um, what happens in in all of our characters' imaginations. I mean, at bottom is a weaver, but he thinks that he could be a world changing actor, um, and. And there's a very fun encounter with all the mechanicals, um, all the rustics in the Duke Theseus's palace, palace yeah. at the end when they perform their play. And it's a fun crossover of yeah. of Amdram theatre. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, as fairies, we stand in the wings and we are crying and trying not to laugh out loud <laughs> laugh out loud every time that's good news <laughs> because it's 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 genius it's very yeah funny. it is it is a very funny thing so we did it the first night the other the other night a couple of nights ago and um the feeling of being on stage acting so that you are nervous about how a play is going to go mm. in front of an audience who are well both on stage and also there in reality is uh, is really fun because actually your your own nervousness of what it is like to perform on opening night is kind of used as as your own energy for how you how you deliver the performance. Yeah. So the more nervous you are, the better that final mm. scene is. Yeah. And are you are you looking forward to like flipping it when you, you you're doing the other role and watching um, your, your friends? Yeah, it's gonna be. Because it's, it's really hard to do a. Like a double casted role like that, where you have two roles in at one show mm. and swapping over every other night because you kind of go in and you sit there watching the other car- other person play that character you are playing also, and you kind of forget a, a bit about actually being the I don't know how to, to or you try not it. to or try <laughs> not to be that. yeah, yeah, but it is it, yeah, it is yeah. to get in the Theseus zone. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do this bottom. afternoon. Mm-hmm. Just uh, act very rich and <laughs> <laughs> have a really good time. Um, but also, I mean, the tricky thing is showing up. At, you know, Theseus is. I mean, in in the original Shakespeare play, we start in uh, in Duke Theseus's court, but in the opera, because the play would have been nine hours long if <laughs> if they set all the text in the opera, they 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 move it around, and so Theseus is kind of opening lines of which open the the play open act three mm. um actually not second half of act, act three, three. Yeah. i don't know where i was going with that yeah. um, you're about to say that it's really hard it's hard in the end of the show it's hard yeah. being in the end of the show and being yeah. on you know yeah. switching yeah. on yeah. but it is until you, you know stay. Yeah. <laughs> it's easier to do bottom actually yeah because yeah. <laughs> yeah. you just launch into it and you keep it going the whole night yeah yeah but yeah. mustering the right energy yeah um Anyway, that's a challenge I have to try out this evening. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, how did Oberon and Titania come, come into it all? Um, mm. So I'm Madison, I'm one of the Titanias. Uh, so I'm the fairy queen, 
and sort of having a massive argument with Oberon at the beginning of the show, which is actually, I mean, you say it's hard to wait around to the end of the show. I'd say it's pretty hard to start the show <laughs> with a screaming match. Um, and what happens with Titania is she uh, she gets in this argument, she storms off, and um, she so irritates Oberon with her sort of sassiness, I suppose, that he decides to get revenge on her and take the Indian child while she's asleep. So Puck, darling Puck, um, poisons me or puts this awful flower juice on my eyes when I'm asleep so that I fall in love with the donkey, the transformed bottom. Um, And we have a lovely time. Uh, Go to sleep and then I wake up and... Actually, I'm not going to spoil the end, but... yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so it's a really strange journey for her throughout the opera, actually. But it's cool. She gets to do a lot of different different things, show a lot of different sides of her personality, I think. Mm. Yeah, I think Titania has one of the biggest character arcs mm. in the story. Yeah, I think so. I think Oberon, you see him at the beginning and he's really pissed off. And then he gets what he wants by act two. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest is just, like, amazing music. Mm. And there's a lot yeah. more than that. Um, we've talked a lot about we, Madison and Zoe and I, the Titanias and Oberon, um, we have been talking about the context that the show has in 2019 <laughs> and what happens at the ending of the play, at the, of the opera specifically, because I always thought that Titania kind of gets a raw deal at mm, the end. Yeah. Oberon comes out on top and just wins. Like I said before, he just wins in, at the end of Act 1 and then it's kind of over. and then Titania is humiliated and then we open to Theseus and Hippolyta Mm -hmm. Hippolyta who was kidnapped and forced into this terrible marriage sorry I just (laughs) made the tone of the room very (laughs) fast but I mean I think that what Martin has done is kind of given us strategies to um, make Oberon and Titania sort of gender less Mm. or we kind of occupy another magical space that, yeah. or our world is one that doesn't have a gender binary, which I think is really, really cool. You can't really get past the fact that, you know, it's written for a man, mm. by men, based on a play by a man. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the way Martin has sort of gone about it with, with Titania and Oberon has, yeah, definitely what you said, given us some more ideas to play with around, yeah, who, who these characters really are in mm. there essence and and yeah it's just a thorny issue i think but um and even if we don't like solve it right now in this production i still think that this production specifically will hopefully make people think about gender and have a conversation about you know women's role in opera yeah Mm. It's a pretty sexist opera i mean i mean it's it's a pretty sexist opera i mean it Mm. and and i i i think you know we this this staging of it is one that brings out the the text that is there. Mm. I mean, it would be fun to do it again one day and bring out kind of crazy bits of subtext that that you know arguably are there or, not, or maybe not there. Mm. Uh, that would be that would be. I I think they they did a previous production of Summer Stream set in a like um, uh, asylum or yeah. asylum yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which would be which. Sound, sounded very interesting, but I think actually instead of forcing Midsummer Night's Dream to fit uh, a mold, which I'm not saying that production did, but ours is very much coming from the inside, mm. 
out. So, mm, yeah. I mean, it is a sexist opera and it's something to talk about. And I think, I think it raises questions mm. as opposed to solving um, anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think this production has very much been about opening up that whole knot of, of feelings and of, of traditions. Mm. And I think that's also reflected in the costumes that we've been given, especially the fairies. We have elements of like classical uh, Baroque, uh, a Baroque outfit with very modern uh, elements to them. So I think, as uh, as Colin said, it's not about solving anything, but it's about opening up new ways of thinking mm. about it. And I think this this story does that. What we what we're telling, yeah. But the cool thing is that this show is is uh, emphasis is on the is on the magic. Mm. Uh, yeah. I mean, in the way that Piers and and Britain put this put the libretto together. So um, by setting it in in the in the in the woods at the beginning, uh, you know, Oberon and Titania's uh, world okay. is the overriding world of the whole show, and and uh, Rory's designs have have really mirrored that. And mm. I mean, it's an incredible stage well there's a raked stage that that um is is really beautiful but quite bare mm. except for this kind of beam of light or or whatever you want to call it that's in the in the middle like a this, prism almost a prism a vortex but it's it's a it's a really i mean firstly being on a rake is something that i don't have a lot of experience of and so you mm. you have to kind of mm. shift your own yeah. uh, weight but it's so much fun. It just it totally allows us to open up and perform because we don't we don't have a a, a hugely complex set to be interacting with. I mean, there, it is there are lots of complexities with trapdoors and all the rest of it. Yeah, but, we um, as fairies. Uh, yeah, have you guys quite have a harder time. Yeah, we have quite a job to do um, because there are about twenty trapdoors in in the rake. Oh wow! So we fairies spend half our time of the show uh, ducked <laughs> beneath the rake <laughs> of the stage. Just waiting to come out, and I don't know, but Puck has the the most wonderful sequence of um, crawling and tumbling and running <laughs> beneath the stage, trying to get to his trapdoors to to make the magic happen. Something that the audience of, obviously doesn't see, mm. but mm-hmm. being the fairy um, and looking at how hard Puck needs to <laughs> to work to to get everything done is really quite impressive. Cancelled my gym membership. Yeah, it, was, it was amazing. Yeah, but it that's something as an audience you might not see, but there's a whole bunch of technical like innovations and and mm. just yeah. really really smart things that make this production so magical to look at. Mm. Absolutely, the yeah. technical theater students have done such a good job on this yeah. production, mm-hmm. and I think yeah. it's um. I mean, compared to other operas that they've done, I think that it is quite a big feat that they have pulled this off this amazing stage, and mm. and, and they're all so much younger than us. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We're all, like, mid-20s, is that yeah. right? And these are, like, undergrads who are doing this amazing, amazing production. Mm. I have so much respect for them. Yeah. yeah. And what are you guys all most, most enjoying about the, the process so far and the, and the first performance? What? Was something that stands out for you? I feel this process has been very playful, and and you know like we've had a good time and and learning you know being able to to play a lot with it, not just. Yeah. But I, I also guess it's it's part of the role as bottom is kind of a very playful character anyway, and you know it's a bit of a of, of just having fun is part of the character's yeah. really. Uh, 
I think for, for me, when I, when, I, when we had our first meeting in like our rehearsal room, the amount of people there was just astonishing. Uh, also the technical students, but also all the singers. Mm. And um, for me during this process to see the lovers and then the mechanicals and then the fairy realm, to see how those characters came about and how everyone really creates their own world mm. from like the mm. low mechanical like craftsmen who just gonna do a play in the woods <laughs> to the lovers in the courts to the fairies in the in the woods mm. there are so many different very specific characteristics that make it really interesting to watch not only in your own development but also just watching how other people make it that mm. yeah there are three stories being told yeah. at once mm -hmm. um, and you barely I mean we barely get to see the, I mean, the lovers, for instance, the mechanicals, we would do our rehearsals in, in one room and then the and then the lovers would come and rehearse, you know, when we were gone. So it's actually, it's so nice now to be at the stage where we're actually kind of talking to each other again. <laughs> <laughs> now I started the process like of staging with, I had three days of full production rehearsals and then I didn't have anything for 10 days because <laughs> yeah. that's just the nature of the show. like. You're on stage and then you're off for a really long time and mm. let your colleagues do their thing. Yeah. And then you mm. come back and I put some love juice on your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> we, we rarely do these podcasts once the show has opened. So what, what was um, Monday night like for, for you guys who, who were in it? It was, I, I was really scared. <laughs> it was probably the most nervous I've ever been before a show, to be honest. Um, I you did not show it. Yeah, I didn't know that. I had no idea. <laughs> I was completely panicking. I think the fairies who were around me on, in the wings just before I walked out on stage, they were really trying to calm me down. <laughs> um, but it was it was so much fun, though. I felt like it was a really good atmosphere, and I think the yeah the nature of this being such a, a huge cast, a huge kind of ensemble piece, yeah. is that everyone was. It did feel like a very pulling together kind of a, a vibe, which yeah. is cool. I really enjoyed it. It was great to bring together everything we've been sort of doing because when you're in the rehearsal room in Milton Court you have a floor space which isn't quite the size of the stage and mm. you know you've got pits of tape that represent a trap you haven't actually got and you know when you're on a rake we couldn't really bring that in to that room so seeing all those people who spent as sort of fortifying what Colin said about the the technical department who've been spending hours and days and weeks building this stuff that we had no idea was going on obviously we knew it in concept but mm. to then walk into the theatre have a week and a half, two weeks to get used to it, and then just go. Mm. Was it was quite a nice feeling Monday, mm. having that first fully run, no stopping audience <laughs> watching performance. Well, it really felt like our show. Uh, yeah, and that was the first time I think I've really felt really like this is this is our show now. It's not mm. sort of yeah, we're not going to get notes afterwards. Um, but also, the, as Will was saying, going into the theatre um, a few weeks ago, um, coming out of that rehearsal room, was so much fun, actually, because usually uh, the kind of technical rehearsals that happen in the space can sometimes be a bit dull because it's just, OK, well, we've done all the staging now, and now we just have to like figure out the boring bits of technically how's it going to happen. Mm -hmm. But for this particular show, there was so much creativity in from the moment we walked into the theater because there was so much of a difference um between mm -hmm. what, what to deal with so it i think it really did feel like that 
it felt like it was a by the time we did the show on Monday night that was really felt like a culmination of something mm. instead of okay so now we need to switch back on for something that we need to remember from when we when we were actually emotionally feeling something back mm. in the rehearsal room mm. it wasn't like that at all so I think in terms of slow burn this has been mm. yeah, we really been... had to make we really had to work hard to make it our space but that pays off in what you see on stage that re you really see people who are connected to the stage as their world mm. as their place where they where they are and not just oh I'm standing on the stage mm. yeah d and just a, a note on that we have these two um, lovely undergraduate tenors in the show who have <laughs> no vocal line whatsoever their sole purpose is just to be Titania's bodyguards mm -hmm. and I think they had a great opening night every time I looked over <laughs> oh, at them yeah. they were so into the Santa story and it's yeah it was so fantastic to watch but I feel like they deserve a mention because they've mm -hmm. gone to oh, hundreds yeah, of yeah. rehearsals and yeah. literally never sung a note yeah and look out for them because they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're fantastic big guys wearing tutus. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good shout out. <laughs> and, uh, and now you've got one, one performance under your belt. What are you looking forward to about the rest of the run? Just to find the fun within the lines, within the text again and again mm. and again. And just try to make people laugh even more and just have a good time. Yeah, although not to try to make people laugh. No, no. apparently we're not allowed to do that. But, uh, but, but the, I think I think walking out on stage for the first time on Monday night was, um, for me anyway, was was a bit terrifying because it's like, whoa, there's a full auditorium of people here. Mm. And um, as as the show went on, it, I really started to forget that there was an audience there, or, or at least the story became more and more kind of gripping mm. um, and, and I think the fun thing now is to have that confidence to go on stage and be like well we can just play the situation instead of being like oh my god there's an audience here <laughs> um, yeah. you know massive thanks to our guests Irene, Sam, Madison, William, Colin and Christian Midsummer Night Stream runs until Monday the 4th of March in our Silk Street Theatre. The run is sold out, but keep an eye on Barbican Box Office for any returns. And you can follow and subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. And you can follow us at Guildhall School on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and most things. Uh, thanks again for joining us, Beck. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you.